sitting dockside with Aqua T down in Tennessee. Aqua, Aqua Troy G. At Aqua Troy G. <laughs> down in Tennessee, we're going to talk about, we've hit it on a few times. I mean, Greg Grimes did a great talk, 10-minute talk, uh, and, and, and I think posted it on our Facebook page on particularly largemouth bass and predator predator harvesting and we go into the fundamentals here again we also have some on the the back end with uh, some older podcasts but but uh, i think we go into it pretty well of explaining why you need to harvest and how you should harvest don't you think troy yeah i think so and keep in mind this is largemouth bass heavy but this applies to any predator fish any predator in general any wildlife species you're trying to manage uh, harvesting is a crucial portion of, of proper wildlife management. And just a couple of quick points. Uh, www.pwnra.org is the parent website. Lake and Pond Management Question Content and Community is the parent Facebook page. And uh, if you're listening to this, uh, hit like on whatever app you use and write us a review. Man, let's get started. Well, we're your hosts, Matt Rail and my Tennessee buddy, Troy Goldsby. Together, we have been working with lakes and ponds for over 40 years. And during that time, we have picked up on a ton of tips and tricks from lake owners and experts from all over the country. So if you want to learn how to catch some smiles from your kids or grandkids on your lake. Or learn how to grow some memories on your pond, then come sit with us on Sitting Dockside. Welcome to Sitting Dockside. And today we're going to talk about something kind of you know, we've tended on a, a few times. We had a podcast. That, what is it? The uh, Harvesting Bass is Almost Biblical? Yes. That was back uh, almost a year ago. But we're still getting questions about it. We're still getting people ask us and seeing people harvest may not be incorrectly, but could do it a little bit better. And so we're going to do harvesting largemouth particularly, but harvesting harvesting fish and harvesting predators. Yeah. So in any scenario, whether it's uh, fish you're growing, deer you're growing, turkeys you're trying to grow, cows you're trying to grow, coyotes, you're growing coyotes, or lions, whatever it may be, you have to at some point limit the number of predators uh, that you have uh, or uh, wildlife that you have um, so that they can continue to grow and grow properly eliminate disease or you reduce disease and you free up whatever they're eating so that the ones that you are trying to maintain and grow can continue to grow well. Otherwise they get crowded. They get stunted. They don't have enough food and they don't grow well. Harvest is necessary. I'll tell you what continues to blow my mind and every single pond owner that I go to or lake guys, we sit on the shore shore. It's how much forage base well, that these fish have to eat to gain weight, and I don't think a, a, I don't think even a, some managers really understand the volume into which why of why or how many fish these fish. We were talking about this earlier, Troy. Explain to the listener how many fish that a fish needs to to get to one pound, and then how many fish needs to maintain that one pound and then get to two pounds. Yeah. So let's use, let's just for, for simplicity, let's just use a two pound bass, uh, a two pound bass to maintain its body weight. 
So if it's two pounds this year, if it's going to stay two pounds and be two pounds next year, it would need to have somewhere in the neighborhood of probably 12 to 15 pounds of the appropriate sized forage or the right amount of forage to maintain that two pounds of body weight. To go to three pounds, it would need an additional 10 pounds of forage to get to three. So a two pound fish to go to three pounds over the course of this year would need to eat somewhere between 20 and 25 pounds of forage to get to three pounds. And it that's just, a lot of fish. That's a lot of pounds, but people don't really understand how many fish that is. So just to say a three to four inch fish would, would weigh somewhere in that 22 to 35 pounds per thousand. Right. And so how many pounds did you say? 25 to go from two to three pounds. Okay. So let's just say it's 25 per thousand, a, a three inch fish. And, you know, right at three, that means you would have to eat a thousand three inch fish. This is where product, this is where harvest is important because just keep that in mind. If you have too many predators, too many bass in your lake, your forage base cannot reproduce and grow well enough to sustain, especially those fish that start crowding at 12, 14, 16, 17, 18 inches. You're not producing what you need. If you're not, you may be producing them, but they're not getting anywhere because you have so many bass eating. And then this is why, you know, fertility and, you know, fish feeders and all of that comes into play. You really want that forage base to be reproducing as well as it possibly can right. to keep up with, with the, the bass there. They're one of the greatest predators on the planet. Uh, they're incredible. They'll eat anything they can put their mouth around. They'll eat a fish, a, a duck, uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Snakes, whatever they get their mouth around, they're going to try to eat. They, and uh, they're very voracious. They need a lot of food. That's right. So quick, that's if you had 53 bass or 50 bass and you wanted them to, to two to three pounds, and on one acre, that means 53,000 bluegill would have to be produced into that, into that system to three inches long. So, you know, and somebody could dial in and just sketch this and we'll be off by a couple thousand. My point being is how many fish that predator needs to eat to gain weight. And so that is why we think that harvesting is very important and we've hit it, but now do you say, which fish do we need to harvest? Troy, you want to take this? Yeah. So if we're talking about new legs and let's just use new legs for the current conversation. The first question is when do you start harvesting? So uh, we just talked about why you harvest the when the wind is pretty important. So if you stock your lake, in July, which most people stock their bass sometime in July if they're stocking fingerings. And let's say you stock a one acre lake, let's use one acre, and you put in 60 bass that are two inches long. Well, for the for a full year, all you have is you're growing 60 bass, and next year they're going to be two pounds. But that's still the only fish that you really have that are growing in the water column. So you still have 60 bass, then they're going to reproduce the next season. And for a full year, for two full years, you only have that initial stocking of bass that you can catch. So by the, the second year, those bass have reached something close to probably, depending on where you're at, two and a half to three and a half pounds. 
but then their first offspring have come along and now you've got some one and a half to two pound bass behind them and you would begin your harvest. Um, and so you, you really don't start harvesting until the year after the first spawn from your initial stocking. Does that make sense? Yeah. So because the young of the year are going to be coming up behind them and then you got a lot more bass. So you got to really start harvesting that's that second and third year class. And when you start harvesting that year class, how do they know if a fish is going to be Superman or it's going to be a weakling? Is do they just take the smallest fish they take? Do they take a slot between nine, 14 inches or, or something? I mean, we've used a lot of different techniques for that. There's a lot of techniques when a lot of times when we talk about this, then uh, lakes are already crowded and they're typically crowded, you know, from 12 to 16 inches. So you have to focus on for a while, you have to focus on removing fish under a certain length until the, the population gets healthy. If you're harvesting right from the beginning, you should probably still focus on smaller fish, but you should also focus on what the relative weight is. And the relative weight is just how healthy a fish is. So if you've got an 18 inch fish that is um, unbelievably emaciated, just thin, sunk in, you probably want to discard and count that as part of your poundage that you're removing. And on the uh, reverse of that, if you catch a 12 inch fish that looks like, you know, a football, you wouldn't want to remove it. You'd want to put it back in the lake and let it keep growing because it's doing what it needs to do to maintain and become a very, very healthy, uh, fat, aggressive fish. That's right. So real pause. You can go to listen. If you want to hit more of these number scenarios, understand it more, go to pwnra.org and tap the bass grade card. And we hit on relative weights a little bit more. Now that all being said to expand on what Troy's saying is there is charts now that tell us what a perfect fish should look like. And if that 12 inch fish that, that Troy was talking about, that is a football, that genetics is perfect for that lake. That genetics is thriving at that lake. Why would you want to harvest just because he's in your slot? You want those genetics back into the system. The most aggressive fish are going to be the one of some of the healthiest fish. So if you're just catching the healthiest fish and removing them over time, you can make be doing detriment long-term. Now, if you're able to see this, now one thing I will say to people that really get a kick out of it, at first it's it's almost, it's very, I would say boring because they have no benchmark data, is that they basically take this and then now they have to weigh and measure every single fish that seems methodical. Now, but if you're able to do that and then you start to harvest and uh, we have a really cool podcast coming in the future of a gentleman that did this. And over time, he has seen trending change in his lake. And when you say, what do you mean? It's like, well, uh, we caught 100 fish and they are 65% where they need to be. They were an F. He harvested the full out of these. And now he's up into 100% relative weights. And just like Troy was saying is that, hey, man, let's, let's harvest this, record this data. And then that percentile will tell you how many fish we need to continue harvesting for the next year. And what the really neat part is that where people can geek out on this is that 
over three to four years, you see this trend line start to get bigger and fatter. Bluegill start becoming more abundant. You start to see like, wow, I'm doing something out here. You see your success, and that's a motivator. You said something about a chart. What was it called on PWNRA? It's called a Bass Grade Card. It's Bass Grade Card. Bass Grade Card. And it shows, and it it shows what a perfect fish should be. Yeah, it just basically explains what the relative weights, uh, how to use the. You know, the only card. the only problem with that is that it was uh, it was produced before I was truly in fisheries management and that grade card has changed significantly due to the health of my fish. So I'm just <laughs> saying, well, if anybody's seen Troy's fish, I won't toot his own horn. His head's already big enough, but they, uh, they, they're, they're, let's just say that they, uh, they're above a hundred percent. So the, uh, and, uh, quite a bit above that. If you ever seen a pig, so there's a, there's another way to, there's another way to harvest too, Matt, and it's very, it's technical. It's pretty easy though. Uh, for the most part, you can, you can remove by gender. Uh, if you want to grow the biggest, fattest fish you can, you need to keep your females and remove your little male button bass. Uh, their uh, openings are different. Uh, if you study that a little bit, you can typically flip them over and look at that opening and uh, say, yeah, that's probably a male. Yeah, that's probably a female. And if you'll harvest that way, um, you wind up keeping your females and you're keeping your, your best growing fish. Now, let me ask you something, Troy, that with the relative weight chart, especially during that time of, of reproduction during the spawn, the female is going to be all egged up. Her relative weight yeah. going to be higher. So using the relative weight chart is what I've always told will actually separate males and females over time because the males are going to be a little more skinny up. Is that true? Is that what you think? The higher relative, yes. weight, if we're keeping higher relative weights all the way through, the females are going to be a little bit skewed during that time. This is where the relative weight, you know, could be a little bit. It's off a little bit, but when you know when you, yeah, but when you have really good relative weights, you know, when you've got fish that are you know 110, 120, 130 percent relative weight during the spawn, man, if they only lose you know 10 percent of that due to eggs making up some of their weight you're still sitting with a fish that's you know over 100 percent relative weight without eggs and so it's what i typically see matt <laughs> but, uh, another thing i want to uh, you know kind of conclude and wrap this up is is i've seen a, a couple groups try to uh you got a new pond and you're or and uh and your lake is new and just that it's filled up and they're bringing your fish out and the what we recommend and go to the the fish stocking uh podcast we're going to talk about this more but i've seen a couple times where some people were trying to get their bass and their bluegill at the same time well we it takes like i said a tremendous amount of forage base to get these guys established so stock your forage base first and wait a duration up here it's a year and in a little bit of southern states a little bit less than that but get some reproduction and and going and and thriving before you start to bring these Tyrannosaurus Rex in there because you just can't stock fifty three thousand bluegill and if you can then you need to call me but the, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> but you, right. can't, you can't do that you know most people can't it's just 
you know, for waiting a little bit of time, you can get those numbers really, really high. Stocking your predators behind them a year later is is just smart management. And and uh, listen, here's the thing: this is this is not complicated. Uh, the catch and release speech from many years ago has skewed people's uh, thought on catching and and harvesting bass. We've tried as an industry to change that thought process. If you will stock the right amount of forage, stock the right amount of bass at the appropriate time, and begin your harvest after year two, uh, you will grow very good, healthy fish. It's just not that difficult to do. It's getting past old mindsets, and it's understanding that, oh, well, I, you know, people, the, the least expensive part of your pond building process is your fish stock. Uh, it, it pales in comparison in price to what it costs to build the pond. And the reason you're doing it is so you'll have a healthy fishery. Take the little bit of an extra step, stock the right amount of forage, the proper forage, and give them time to cook uh, before you stock your bass. And then harvest the appropriate rates. And that's the other thing we want to talk about. The first year you harvest, which is after year two, uh, you may only harvest you know, 10 pounds per acre. You just want to pull a few out. The more aggressive you go, the fewer fish you're going to have, meaning that you're going to have fewer fish that can get bigger because they have more forage available, but you're going to decrease your catch rates. This is your balancing act. So the more aggressive you go with your harvest, the harder it will be to catch fish, but your payout in terms of large fish will be bigger. And then after that, the third year you may take out, you know, um, you may go up to 15 or 20 pounds per acre. And then as after you have three or four years of spawning, uh, you really need to be taken out. You need to be focused on what your goals are and probably taking out nothing less than 30 pounds of bass per acre. But you may go up as high as 50 or 60 pounds of bass per acre being removed so that you can truly grow trophy fish. Yep. Heard it from an expert. They, Troy, I don't know if I've told you this, but, uh, uh, there's an app out there called smart fish that is really good at showing you. It's actually, if you're on the call that it'll actually can record and do some really neat things on created uh, by Wade, created by a great manager, Wade Bales in South Carolina. So we are, he has reached out to PWNRA members and, um, and in the near future, we are going to, um, allow PWNRA members to uh, to get the Smartfish app. Love that. It's and a it's a great app. I I have not utilized it as much as I should. It's a it's more about a uh, what I have on my plate currently that I'm trying to deal with issue. Uh, it's not a app issue because it's a great app and people should truly utilize it. It's excellent. It, it graphs. You catch it. You can catch you. It, it graphs everything. You catch it. You weigh it, measure it. Put your put your stuff in there. It tells you what the relative weight is, and then you can say, you can set your goal on relative weight. You may, you may say, I don't want any fish in my lake under a hundred percent relative weight. So that that app will tell you if it's a hundred percent, and if it's not, and that's your goal, you can take it out and not even worry about it. Yep. And it's all recorded there on your smartphone and your device. And that's, I think that's pretty cool. And, and him reaching out and get a year free of Smartfish app for, for helping an organization trying to educate pond owners is, is pretty, pretty cool. So love it. All right. I'm going to wrap it up, man. Anything you need to close out? No, that's it. Uh, Y'all enjoy your fishing. Take a kid fishing.
Yeah, learn how to fry those fish and eat them. Ooh, buddy. We had some fried fish last night. We had some beautiful crappie fillets mm. uh, that were fried and some of the most dynamite hush puppies I've ever had in my entire life. Some of the cleanest Woo. proteins in your own backyard. So, man, get them in and uh, and fry those fish up. That's great. I'm wrapping it up. See y'all next time. This podcast, Sitting Dockside, is brought to you by Private Water Natural Resource Association, a nonprofit built just to educate private pond and lake owners in the water quality and fisheries and all of that good stuff. There's videos, there's places to read, and there's a community built right into that website. So if you want to learn more, jump to pwnra.org and click and by all means make sure that this continues in the future podcast education video become a member if nothing else there's tons of platforms youtube facebook just hit like send a comment we appreciate everything you can do here pwnra